Good afternoon. Welcome to the Snake River Live. It's the 23rd of November, Monday, the Monday before Thanksgiving. Um, where do I begin um, on this view from the rim? Let me just start by saying uh, I, I started to cut one last night. Actually, I finished it. And right before I published it, I said... You know, I'm a little bit blurry about some of what I said, and so I better go back and listen to it. And I'm glad I did, because actually it appeared that I was falling asleep in it, and the last thing that I want to do is to put out a podcast um, that is like that. Hopefully, I've not done too many of those, because I seldom listen to it. If if I listen to it, I'm just going to eat myself up. But for some reason, I really felt like uh, listening to it last night, and I'm glad I did. And so I want to cover one part of what I was thankful for yesterday, um, the 22nd, and uh, what I'm going to move into what I'm thankful for today, uh, for what I give thanks, uh, with the hashtag, of course. Uh, for those not familiar... Um, the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has prescribed as he is a doctor or was a doctor uh, prior to receiving his calling to the ministry some, uh, well, 30, 35 years ago or so. Um, he's a renowned, actually, world famous uh, scientist, uh, doctor, uh, uh, heart doctor. He prescribed for the world some therapy to help ease the tension, if you will, um, to help spread joy, to help reduce the stress of individuals in their everyday lives. And the first thing he said was that we need to focus on giving thanks, and that we need to flood the world, actually, with what we are thankful for, and to do that through social media. And of course, social media is a, a great avenue for posting menus and, and dishes that we've served and selfies and, and political rants. Of course, uh, anyone familiar with this voice is no stranger to his alter ego over on the lib. Um and as well as his frequent Facebook rants. We're trying to minimize that. In fact, uh, it's not in keeping at all with what I should be doing as uh, a, a Latter-day Saint. Plus, it's not worth it. Nobody's going to change their minds over something that's posted on Facebook as far as politically speaking. And I am going to deal some time with that over on the lib, but that's not what we're here for now. What we're here for is to talk about giving thanks. I can personally testify, as did President Nelson, that taking the time to see the things that we are grateful for will bring joy to our individual lives. Um, it will help us to see things from a different perspective. Instead of seeing everything rotten, and, and, and it really doesn't matter what lot we have drawn in our life. Um, I've mentioned frequently uh, a sweet sister in Twin Falls, a very, very hard lot in life, and yet 
month after month when she stood up at church and testified of her gratitude. That gratitude was made all the more sweet because people had an idea, not knowing for sure because they didn't they weren't her, but had an idea an idea of the road that she had traveled. They'd seen it while they'd not walked it, they'd seen it. And so they knew it was a rough road. And if she could stand up and give thanks to God for the joy that she had, perhaps we should re-examine our lives and see if there's anything that we are grateful for. Um, Yesterday, I posted just a little short post on Facebook um, regarding religious liberty. Um, While Jamestown, um, which was the first uh, British settlement in what would become the United States, was not founded as a harbor of religious freedom, um, Plymouth was. Uh, was uh, was a, a contract uh, by the Pilgrims, who was not a wealthy, powerful religious minority like the Puritans, um, that they were able to come here to the Western Hemisphere and worship as they would. And make no mistake, we look at it today and we say, well, how hard could it have been? They arrived in November in Massachusetts. They arrived in what was becoming known as the Little Ice Age, or what was during the Little Ice Age. They traveled for weeks across the North Atlantic. And when they arrived here, they were not pioneers who were used to to making and getting by in a hunting and gathering um, society. These were people who lived in a civilization where you traded for goods and you farmed the land, but yet they arrived with no store of grain no store of meat or fruits of any kind. And they had to learn how to build shelter immediately. And the first winter was tragic for them. Yet they came here for that. They're not the only group, by the way. The Puritans, of course, which I had already mentioned, uh, they were a powerful religious minority in England. They came over. Um, other groups, the Huguenots, probably not pronouncing that correctly, they were they were French Protestant refugees escaping um, uh, French Catholicism, had uh, immigrated, uh, and they lived along the Carolina coast. Um, They were Protestants, uh, but they were French. Um, They came here seeking religious liberty, seeking freedom from Catholicism in their case. Um, The Quakers in Pennsylvania, 
and he, and the Catholics. The state of what became the state of Maryland was originally a colony that was set aside, um, established for a place that Catholics could go and live and be safe. It was this religious liberty that was so essential that when the Constitution was written and ratified only on condition of a Bill of Rights coming out of the first um, Congress, which it did, uh, to be ratified, the first Ten Amendments, the very first part of the First Amendment is the free exercise of religion. And while the United States has been far from perfect in protecting that right, because it's an ideal to shoot for, um, and we are, after all, humans and imperfect, it was the intent to ensure that people could be free to worship as they would. It was this groundwork that was laid for the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Without it, it couldn't have happened. Well, since it was part of God's plan, that, of course, you can't, you can't lay a hypothetical to that because that was all part of the plan. And so yesterday, after the fact, on the date that we celebrate the assassination of, of the first Catholic president of the United States, we don't celebrate, but we, we commemorate it and we mourn it. The 22nd of November, 1963 was the date for that. Um, John F. Kennedy. It was the day also that I give thanks for religious freedom in this country as imperfect as it is. And, as under threat as it is today, pray that it stays pr protected. Now, moving on to Monday the 23rd, what do I give thanks for today? And what do I give thanks for today is something that is a reoccurring event on the lib, or not on the lib, but on the rim, both in writing and... in speech and I guess I'm going to just narrow it down to the proclamation of the family that was issued by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and let me get you a good date for that it was back in 1995 I believe but I, I want to go ahead and, and verify that. The proclamation of the family was way ahead of its time as far as what it, um, what it was designed for. It's called the Family of Proclamation to the World. Um, it was issued during, a women, during the women's conference in that year. Uh, let's see, do we have a date? 
Somebody will have to help me out on that, perhaps. Oh, September 23rd, 1995. It was read by President Gordon B. Hinckley, who was the president of the, of the Church of Jesus Christ at that time. Some of the highlights of that. Right at the bat, right at the top. Solemnly proclaim that marriage between a man and a woman is ordained of God and that the family is central to the Creator's plan for the eternal destiny of His children. All human beings, male and female, are created in the image of God. Each is a beloved spirit, son, or daughter of heavenly parents. And as such, each has a divine nature and destiny. Gender is an essential characteristic of individual premortal, mortal, and eternal identity and purpose. Those are the first two paragraphs of the family of proclamation to the world. What I want to focus on, however, is something that, while it is not taught in many churches or even accepted as doctrine in many of them, it is something that as human beings, the light of Christ teaches us and so we know it in our hearts to be true. And that is the concept that families are forever. It is for this that I give thanks. Of course, uh, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, we believe that marriage extends Marriage is performed in the temple under proper priesthood authority do extend beyond the grave. And that families sealed together through that authority are eternal. Now much can be made about the question of what if divorce, what if uh, people do not live up to their covenants that they make, etc., and I would say, you're forgetting that God sees all and knows all. In fact, I'm pretty sure that he knows the end from the beginning. And that when we feel especially down when we feel like perhaps we ourselves individually have failed, or that when a family member is lost, that somehow we're not going to be complete. In fact, for many years, that uh, kind of a doctrine uh, was taught with a little bit of harshness. Um, I don't think it was intended to be so, be taught that way, but... I feel like in many ways that it was right there like that. That the last thing that we want is for there to be an empty seat at the table in eternity. And the truth is, with us here in mortality, with our mortal and finite minds, we cannot truly grasp 
the eternal love and mercy that God has. We do not see the hearts of those whom we feel are lost. So we don't understand the conditions that they are lost. An illness driving an addiction could be the cause. Don't think I'm denying agency or choice. And that is taken into account. God is never going to force someone to sit down at the table. If you remember the parables regarding the feast, people were invited. No one was forced. And that's how things work. And it's for the family, and for the family being forever, that I give thanks. Now, in case you're wondering why I went that direction, Let me tell you, and you'll see it on my Facebook post, separate Facebook post for uh, my Give Thanks for today, besides the one for this podcast. One of my favorite artists, who's such a golden voice, and one of the best songs in my view of all time. No, not Meatloaf. Is the song Forever and Ever. Amen. The artist, of course, is Randy Travis. He had a stroke here, I think, in 2013. And while he still to this day is working hard to recover from that stroke and still struggles with speech, he is learning to sing. It would seem that perhaps memories... Uh, singing and connecting to the voice are a little bit different. I think I remember something with Jan and Dean about this too, um, but I didn't research it because I wanted to go ahead and start speaking. Um, but I, I seem to remember something with Jan and Dean about that. Um, what a wonderful song. I love you forever and ever. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Find a way to give thanks. 
and let people know. It will make you feel better. It will help you feel joy. And that's my view from the room. Have a great day.